Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. Kanke Fachoy, welcome to the Chinese Lunar New Year edition of Tech Talk. We are live with you on Saturday, January 21st of 2023, Sunday afternoon. We will have a rebroadcast, and we'll have a podcast for you if you can only pick up part of the show live. Glad to have you along. We this weekend is myself, Alan Perry. Kyle Wilson. And... Uh, Josh Hilton uh, from CFAX 1070, for, which you're listening to. For, for one more time. <laughs> yeah, one more time. Brian like will be back with us to tell us all about being a new daddy next weekend. But mm-hmm. glad, glad and hopefully do uh, give us a name as well, hey? Yes, they are. he and Juna are down to two names. Okay, okay. Hers, her, her favorite name, his favorite name. That will hopefully be settled this week. So, so we'll learn what her favorite name is next weekend. <laughs> Touche. Glad to have you here, Kyle. Thank you for having me. Yes, this is the Chinese Lunar New Year uh, weekend. If you're going, wait, isn't that normally in February? It runs on the lunar calendar, Mm -hmm. even though China runs on the Gregorian calendar. It runs on the lunar calendar, so it varies widely, and that's why Sunday the 22nd is the the new year. It is the year of the water rabbit. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 water rabbit, yeah, but there's the, 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 the... The elemental sign and then the, the animal yes. sign. So exactly. you can get the, the full yep. uh, 48. I was, I was looking it up because I had nothing better to do and I thought it was good. And, of course, um, it's the spring festival. So mm-hmm. it's the longest holiday and the biggest migration on the planet. When you hear about migration oh, really? of the buffalo and everything else, no. The lunar Chinese uh, spring festival is the biggest movement of people in the world as most people in China go to their family. That oh. makes sense, because I would think, uh, until you mentioned that, yep. it would be something like the, the, the Hajj, the, the Mecca yep. in Saudi Arabia would be probably the largest yep. or maybe mm. second largest yep. Yep. movement of people, yep. right? Yeah, not even close in terms of the numbers, though. It's amazing. Wow. And, of course, because COVID rules have been relaxed, mm-hmm. then it's going to be absolutely huge. But it comes with it. Some customs, we will have the dragon dance mm-hmm. need of harmonious interest. In Victoria, they're going to wait until the end of the 15-day period and then do a big deal with 10 dragons in, mm. in Chinatown. On the, 10? There's yeah. not usually that many, right? No, it's the largest they've ever had here in Detroit. Wow. That's coming up. But it comes with all sorts of celebrations, um, and, but there's some very specific rules. I thought you might be interested in some of them before we get into the lots of techie news here. One of the things is do not say negative words. The reason behind this should be obvious. You don't want to jinx yourself or bring those misfortunes onto you and your loved ones. So you don't talk about anything Negative. I'm not going to, because that would be jinxing it if <laughs> it I did. It would be, yes. So yeah, exactly. Not. What's another one, Kyle? Uh, do not break ceramics or glass. And the reason is that it will break your connection to prosperity and fortune. Okay. And so if you do drop a bowl, mm-hmm. you immediately wrap it with red paper while murmuring auspicious phrases. So okay. I did not know that. So I guess Western culture, we would be uh, adverse to breaking a mirror. Yeah. All right. So something. Similar. But when I read this, it actually triggered back a memory from, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. being at a local Chinese restaurant and seeing them break it, not accidentally, and then sure. I, I remembered them wrapping it in red paper. And at the time, I guess we were having other conversations. I went, hmm, what's that about? And now, now I understand why. Huh. The other one is, especially before the Spring Festival, which starts tomorrow, mm-hmm. what do you not do? Oh, you, well, this is my favorite one. You do not clean or sweep. Because that would be... Uh, well, it would be taboo. And yeah. it would sweep away the bad luck. Or, I mean, you, you would, beforehand, you sweep away the bad luck. Yeah, because you may be sweeping away the good luck instead. Mm-hmm. So, uh, bag any garbage, throw it away after the fifth day. 
You also don't take a shower on a shower on Chinese New Year's Day, which would be the Sunday, the twenty second. Hmm. I did not know these things. Hmm. Want to pick another one? Yeah, sure. Uh, do not use scissors, knives, or other sharp objects. And I'm going okay. Why? Well, there are two reasons behind this rule. Scissors and needles shouldn't be used. In olden times, uh, this was uh, to give women a well-deserved break. Okay. Sharp objects in general will cut your stream of wealth and success. And that's why all the hair salons are closed for the holidays. Yeah. So they will know nobody in China, mm -hmm. if they're observing these traditions, or people of Chinese culture will not get their hair cut until February 2nd, which is the fe when the festivities end. There yeah, you go. that's interesting. Oh, there are others. We'll go through some more of those during the show. But uh, I thought th I thought that was really that's the neat thing about being in such a multicultural thing. We get to learn these things that we thought we knew. Lots of other things for you to learn, and that's why we're here on Tech Talk. We have some some not a whole lot of new scams. Thank goodness for for a break. There are some new ones that we will go through there. We have lots of tech news, including. Uh, new items from Apple released this week. Some amazing new advances in technology. One of the ones that I thought we should talk about off the top because people have been asking me, Netflix has made it official. Within the next two months, they will begin charging you a fee if you want to share your account with someone who lives at a different address. Kyle shaking his head. Mm. Think this is going to bomb? It's interesting because previously they've said that like sharing passwords is love. Like yes. Netflix is previously, don't quote me exactly on that, yep. but they've Going way back, it. Yeah. way back. They did say that, which is kind of funny. We to don't see like that story. kind of love, so please <laughs> fix that. So <laughs> exactly. So now there's no word how much the extra fee will be, but if you look at what they did in places like Chile, Costa Rica, and Peru, it'll be about a quarter the cost of your monthly subscription per person you share with. So here in Canada, depending on which plan you're on, that would be four to six dollars extra. Exactly. So. It's a gamble. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a big business model. They did pick up a bunch of subscribers. Uh, they, they've got their free, not free, they've got their cut rate plan with ads. Mm -hmm. I currently don't know anybody. Lots of people asked me about it, but I currently don't know anybody who's on it. I know two people who tried it and got really frustrated when it interrupted the show. I could see why. It wasn't just ads before. Like when yeah. you go to the movie theater, you get ads before. They don't stop the movie and give you ads. Netflix. Oh, does. it actually stops and gives you ads. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And somebody presumably picks the spot to stop. They don't just arbitrarily say at the 27 minute mark because mm -hmm. that people would really kill for that one if it's right in the middle of a climactic thing. Anyway, so that is coming. So if you share your password or if you are the recipient of password sharing on Netflix with somebody who lives in a different address, it's not a question of who they are, it's where they live, then sometime by April. So now I wonder. How will they know it's not you traveling? Right? You are not at home. You are visiting friends in Nanaimo, and I want to watch some Netflix while I'm at the hotel or whatever. Like, oh, well, you're not at home. You should pay the extra fee. That's a good question. That is a very good question. I wonder how they'd figure I that out. I guess it depends whether or not your account is currently being used. Oh, in mm -hmm. both spots. Yeah. So if somebody's mm. so so if if you went traveling and your wife stayed home, mm -hmm. then you would run into that. But my account says I can have three devices at a time. Under Who what? says that I, they under, can't have to be at home? In their rules, it says that. 
Mm. So, mm. But that's a good question. Well, yeah. It's very good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See, this is why we discuss these things. Anyway, if this is a big deal for you, item number 18 in the show notes. We do have a couple emails and texts from people saying, well, where have the show notes gone? We had to move, this is not new, we had to move them to a new location because we ran into, last year, we ran into a capacity issue. So if you have an old bookmark that's taking you to August of last year, then just simply delete that bookmark on whatever uh, device you are on. Go to shownotes.ca, typed directly, no spaces, into the address bar of your browser, not a search box. It will take you to the new location. You'll know you're there because the purple bar across the top will, across the top will say Tech Talk 2023 Show Notes. And for Ron in Edmonton, hi, and others that were saying what happened to previous show notes because he wants to go back and see how things have changed over the years. At the very bottom of the show notes, below our sign of the week, which is a Photo Express sign, uh, you will find links to all the show notes going back to 2014. If you really want to see what technology was like seven years ago, it's quite amazing how much stuff has changed over the years. Nine even. Yeah, that's true. Going back, yeah. Phone lines are open on Saturday morning while we are live. If you've got any questions that Kyle or Josh and I can answer, 250-386-1161 on a home phone, star 1070 on a mobile phone, and 1070-10 if you want to text. If you do text, please include your first name somewhere in the text in case we have to ask you a question back on that. And email will also still work, techtalk, T-E-C-H-T-A-L-K, at cfax1070.com. When we come back, we have one thing that will be interesting f- for you, and this is uh, how what you can get when you're watching the last of the NFL games. Mm-hmm. Canada is debuting technology they don't even get in the U.S. It's called Augmented Data Enhanced Broadcast. It's a free trial. Item number 22 in the show notes. And we'll talk about what to see. It's just a choice for you. It's not going to be on the mainstream. It's a new feature, and they may charge for it down the road. Let me continue. 17 after the hours, we continue on Tech Talk on CFAX for January 21st and 22nd. This is something really cool. We like to show you new technology. You get to decide whether or not you find this worthwhile or not. You may remember years ago, I don't know how far back, Josh, <laughs> Fox yep. uh, in the U.S., thinking Americans weren't terribly <laughs> adept at following hockey pucks, they add a glowing puck and a comet trail for the NHL games. I recall that. It was before I even moved to Canada. Yeah, it lasted about as long as uh, Coke, too. Yes. Uh, so so this is the new generation of that, and I encourage you to try it out because it's free, and we only get to see it in Canada. So TSN has a new streaming platform, TSN Plus. So it's not a channel, per se, on your on your TV service. You can either get it uh, as an app on your, on your smart TV or on smartphones and tablets. You can also look at right on the website, tsn.ca slash tsnplus. Even though they use it with a plus symbol, you can't do that. So the website is tsn.ca slash tsnplus. I put it into the show notes along with a screenshot at item 22. For the seven remaining games of the NFL season, they are offering augmented data-enhanced broadcasts. And I put a screenshot to give you an idea, but basically, prior to every snap, running backs and receivers are identified on the screen via a little pop-up with their last name. And then when the ball is snapped, every pass receiver's route is traced and remains on screen until the play's completion so you can figure out what they're trying to accomplish and whether or not they did. Huh. Huh. I... 
I'm not a football fan, but mm-hmm. I was really impressed. I thought, yeah, okay, that really adds a lot to yeah, I could to see that. The I'm in the same I'm in the same boat as you, Alan. But, uh, because the but, yeah. play-by-play person will try and describe what they think they're going to do. Yeah. And then whether or not that succeeds mm-hmm. and whether or not that was accurate. So now you get to see the little line go across the field. So now I'm curious about two things. Uh, one is the the graphics we're now seeing on the screen. Mm-hmm. Are they put there by AI yes, or a are. person? No, they're put there by AI. Okay. Uh, th- th- that was kind of what I was thinking. But you would hope that somebody got a job out of it. But uh, well, we, oh, well, there are a bunch of people. Well, well sure, sure. A whole sure. lot on this. How it's actually done, I would like to know. That would make a great making of. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That would be very cool to see. Now, secondly, is this yep. only NFL? Yes. Or, or is it like college football as well? No, CFL, this is brand like new technology, never been done before, so TSN's doing it in partnership. Uh, Steve in the newsroom actually has thoughts on this. Hey, Steve. Hi, how you doing, guys? Good. Good. Just so you know, one of the things that they have done is actually embed chips in uniforms now. Mm-hmm. That answers my question. Yep. That was going through my mind as soon as you really? said Really? Yeah, so you really see it on the NHL ones. They're on the yeah. back of them, but okay. all of the jerseys can now be embedded with chips in the uniform, so that's why it shows up so easily on your screen on who's what because it's actually they, that chip means that player is Oh, that off. makes sense. I can see that being useful, yeah. It's like you're, you have your own little Find My app for your team, right? The yeah. coach is like, oh, where's Billy? He's way over there. Come on. Yeah. That's, that, Steve, thank you. That's, thank you, that's Steve. That. Yeah. So anyway, try it out. It's only available for the last seven games, and then we'll see if, you know, how much of, how expensive it is, whether or not they want to offer it as, you know, an added service for a fee. TSN Plus is going to be, is going to have a fee, and it's going to offer you things that TSN doesn't have. Right now, it's a free trial, so in addition to this, you can watch all the stuff on TSN Plus. They haven't even named a price yet. Oh, they wow. just said, free trial, Canadians, go for it. So again, if you have a smart TV, Go to the app store mm-hmm. on your TV and see if you find TSN with a plus symbol. If not, on smartphone or tablet, it's there in the Apple and Google Android Play store. Yeah. Yep, they're there, and it's free. And again, if you want to just run it on your computer, tsn.ca slash tsnplus. And if you're walking, driving, or something, biking, then that's item number 22 in the show notes. Okay, got some texts and emails here for you. Duck, 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 duck. Where do we start here? <laughs> oh, yes, this is this is just a follow-up to something. A lady had called me while I was in Florida saying that her Epson printer, she'd done the head cleaning on the EcoTank, which she loved, but it was still not printing uh, any particular colors. So there is a hidden setting for Epson EcoTank printers. So if you have one of these, you can go and search for it on the Internet. You don't need to write it down, but basically they don't want you to use it because it uses up a lot of ink which is affordable on EcoTanks, Kyle, because it comes in bottles, so it's mm-hmm. not that big a deal. But it does use, like, it really sucks a lot of ink. So you don't want to use it regularly, but you basically turn the power off, and while you're holding the power button down, you also hold down the question mark button for 10 seconds, and it opens up. Deep. Oh, and it cleans the Power heads. head cleaning. Oh, yeah. Power head cleaning. So it squirts little tiny amounts of ink at very high velocity through the heads and cleans out the gunk, and that solves it. But that ink goes into a diaper on an eco tank it's called a maintenance box oh and it's down in the bottom back behind a little screw panel and when it fills up you have to buy a new maintenance box for about 18 bucks so you don't want to do this a lot oh interesting yeah because on my brother printer at home uh the head cleaning it does it onto a page yes 
it just shoots it onto a page. So that's interesting that it's got its well, own it actually diaper has a sponge. Box. It actually has a diaper in addition because if, yeah, it's, if cool. it squirted all the ink, that would be gross. So yeah, there is a diaper inside all printers. And when it's like a foam sponge, and when it fills up, it gives you an error message. And in most oh. printers, under $100, it's not replaceable. Or if it is, you'd have to find a tech to take it apart, and they charge you 200 bucks because they have to disassemble the whole thing. So there you go. Mm. So, so thank you for letting me know about that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that, that is really useful here. Okay, uh, emails for you. Da, 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 da. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff here. Okay, here's one. Uh, this is from David. I have a PC computer running Windows 10. It's quite old, and I've decided to retire it now that I work exclusively with Apple products. I only kept it as a storage for files, historical info, and family photos. I've transferred the files over to OneDrive. I've experimented transferring files to my iCloud, and that seems to work fine. Photos transferred to iCloud, open in preview, and from there I can save to photos. I'm just wondering if you see any downside to what I'm doing, or should I just leave OneDrive working? I wasn't sure if OneDrive depended on using a PC computer running Windows. A pretty basic question, but I don't know the answer. No, that's actually a really important question. That is an important one. So you can get files into OneDrive via a computer, which makes most common. It's done automatically, or via a tablet or via a smartphone on the app. Once the stuff is there, you can retire the PC quite happily, and they will live on because you could access them on your so let's say you forgot you thought you uploaded everything to iCloud but you realized there was a folder you didn't you could just simply go to your OneDrive yeah exactly it it doesn't at that point depend where the data originated yeah. from and the neat thing about OneDrive is it's what we call an agnostic platform it does not care what brand or type of device you have so which is awesome Windows Android Apple even Linux there is one key though and we ran into this with a lady I was helping uh, just yesterday, she has an iPad Air, which is no longer supported. So she's running on version 12 of the operating system. We're on version 16. So we wanted to make sure the photos she'd taken on her iPad went up to OneDrive and into her computer. It says you can't have OneDrive. Your device can't handle it. Yes, that's right, because they've abandoned that version. And yeah, because it's so old. It, it requires too much processing power. And that device, albeit brilliant, and it's hers is in immaculate shape, it's because, no, you can't handle that. So that's one more reason why we encourage you when your device is reaching end of life to replace it, even if it looks pristine and is beautiful and has not a scratch on it, because it just does not have the processing power to do that. And to give you an example, we'll talk more about this later in the show, Apple this week unveiled several new devices and brought one back from the dead. They're all in the show notes starting at item number... Fifteen? Fifteen, yes. Apple's released two powerful new Mac Mini models, one powered by their super-fast M2 chip, another powered by their insanely fast M2 Pro chip. They will do things like video editing ten times faster than the current Mac Mini. Which is just amazing. In one, in one jump, ten times faster. And if you spend the money... And I'll give you the prices. Make sure you're sitting down for the M2 Pro model, 19 times faster. So, Josh, imagine the things that you do when you're cutting the podcast up mm -hmm. to make that. Imagine <clears throat> you could update the computer from what's currently on the market, mm -hmm. and you'd be 10 times faster. <laughs> just think of the, of the time gain. It's just absolutely <sighs> amazing. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, all power to the uh, geniuses uh, at Apple for in inventing this, this new technology. Now, 
the, the prices. Yes, the M2 Max mm-hmm. Mini starts at seven ninety nine. Now again, that's just the computer. You still need a mouse, keyboard, monitor, that sort of thing. But the computer itself, the M2 Pro model starts at sixteen ninety nine. These are Canadian prices. Mm-hmm. They'll be available next week. Uh, so I put a link in there. Even things like small tasks like opening complex Excel spreadsheets, if you're an accountant, mm-hmm. twice as fast. So coming mm-hmm. income tax time. Yeah. You know. Oh, lots of. If you're a YouTuber and you cut video, you know how labor and or yep. resource intensive that is. Well, that, that'll that'll really help a lot. Definitely. If, it would. if you were a YouTuber, you'll probably be interested in the one we'll talk about after the break: the new MacBook Pro laptops. And mm-hmm. also, we'll talk about this as well. After almost two years of discontinuing its original HomePod, Apple has brought it back, launching a new one, same size, same shape but much improved audio and better Siri integration. Those are linked at 15, 16, and 17 in the show notes. We'd love your calls on Saturday morning when we are live, whether you phone us, 250-386-1161, star 1070 on a mobile phone. You can also text us at 1070-10 if we don't know. Oh, Mike just texted in, Steve. I'm not (laughs) sure if you know this one. Read the NFL. They also have a chip in the football. I oh, wow. Know I did so not, not know that just either. a chip on the uniform. That's how they can track when they put the little curved line on the screen on oh, the replay. That's exactly where the ball went. It makes sense. Yeah, you exactly. know exactly Thank where you, the ball Mike. went. Yeah, we learned so <laughs> much exactly. stuff here. Stay tuned for Apple news. Okay, stay with us. Steve will have a CFAX News update, and we'll be back with more. Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. As we continue on our Chinese Lunar New Year edition of Tech Talk for January 21st and 22nd, if you're just tuning in, Kyle Wilson is in studio with us. He's a Colwood-based IT specialist. He's a Wikipedia administrator. He's a tech editor for Business Insider and somewhere in there finds time to also occasionally contribute to Wired, The Verge, USA Today, and Motherboard, among others. Big deep breath. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> How much of that do you put on your business card? <laughs> Glad to have you here. Thank Josh you. Hilden is filling in for Brian as our producer and more this weekend. Brian will be back with us to tell us about being a new daddy next weekend here. So here's an interesting one. Uh, this is from Wendy. It says, I have an iPhone 13, about one and three quarters years old. Suddenly my battery life is way down. It seems like it drains much more quickly than it used to. My battery health is 90%. Is this just a case of managing the battery charging for a while and then replacing the battery with a new one? Or is there something else I can do about it? Thanks. Very, very common question. That is definitely a more common question that we get uh, in that what I would say is probably just looking to close the apps in the background. Normally you don't do this, but uh, just to check on how to do it. And we'll throw a guide in the show notes on how to do this. Okay. I just found one that Insider did. Okay, so let's start with, first of all, you said your battery health is 90%. If you have an iPhone, I'm sorry, I don't know how to do this on Android. There are apps you can get from the store, but it's not built in the way it is on iPhones. Open up, the, and this works for does not work for iPads, strangely. Don't know why. If you go to settings and scroll down uh, about 15 settings, you will find that there is a battery setting. And if you tap on that, While you're there, by the way, you can turn on battery percentage in the corner so it shows up if you'd like that. If you tap on battery health and charging, it will tell you the capacity of your phone, how much of your phone's lifespan has been lost through use. Mm. And hers is at 90%. So 
the one of the things that really does tend to kill your battery, and you're going to go, what? Wait, I thought we were supposed to do that, is when you force close your apps. Back in the day, we used to have to force close the apps that were running uh, on a phone that had a home button. You push, pushed it twice and then went flick, 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 flick. On an iPhone that has Face ID with a line at the bottom, you push up one inch. If you do that, that's really hard on the phone. You're dumping the RAM. So while it might save a tiny bit of battery life at the moment, in other words, it's going to be 92% instead of 90, 90%, it really wears out the battery. It's the human equivalent of parking the car in the garage and taking out the engine. And then saying, oh, I need to go to the store. Now you got to put the engine back in and connect it all up. It's really hard on the car. So I know we used to have to do that, but that was literally, literally more than 10 years ago. And then Apple invented the technology called freeze-dry, where apps freeze in the background unless given permission to run, and that's a key phrase. And Google has adopted a similar technology for Android. So what I would suggest you check, Wendy, and anybody else who finds that their phone is having the battery run down faster than you think it should, or especially if it's running down faster than it did last month, what's happened is the apps you're using have been updated to give them new capabilities and new ways of working, and this one isn't helping you. So go to Settings, Background, and in the, in the just up in the search box at the top, type the word Background, and you'll find Background App Refresh. We recommend you leave it on, but turn off the apps that do not need to run when you're not using them. And the big culprits, Kyle, are, are our friendly social media ones. Definitely. Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram. Now, here's the factor to decide, Josh, whether or not you want to do it. If you turn off background app refresh on Facebook, mm-hmm. it's not going to constantly update in the background with pictures of what your friends had lunch. Oh, okay. When you tap the Facebook app, It'll go, mm, and it'll take about half to three quarters of a second, and all this, all the stuff that's come in since you last looked at it will be there. In a short attention span generation, some people don't want to wait that. They want it to be instantaneous. Mm-hmm. But if you only check Facebook two or three times a day, that means all the rest of the time, it's updating with the things you haven't looked at and will probably never get to because the feed has grown so much. Mm-hmm. So you're just kind of burning data at that point. But also burning battery. Yeah, true. So it's it's totally up to you which ones are important to you. So if you really want the latest tweets to be popping up on your screen when Elon says something, like Kyle and I, I would leave Twitter on. Exactly. But for other ones, you know, if you don't want a... If you don't want the latest picture from somebody on Instagram, it'll be there when you tap it, but you'll have to remember to tap it to go see it. Sure. So go through and decide what ones. If you're going traveling, it's really, really, really important that you make sure your travel-related ones, your airline, BC Ferries doesn't have their app yet. It's coming soon, I understand. That would be an important one to keep on. The airlines... If you book stuff through Expedia, stuff like that, you would want Airbnb. Those would stay on. Yes, definitely. That's a good idea to yeah. keep those connected. But you, you can go alerts. through and dramatically increase your battery life by leaving background app refresh on, but going through and being selective about who has which apps have permission. The rest will all freeze in the background. For example, the Photos app freezes in the background. So not a big deal, but force closing it 
really drains the battery, not only short-term, but in long-term. So, Wendy, I think if you try that, go through and leave background app refresh on, but go through and see which apps you can turn off, you will find, a, I would think, a dramatic performance. And there are a couple guides now at item number 33. Awesome. Thank you. So, again, shownotes.ca, Wendy. Uh, anybody else? This is really useful stuff that, that, that you know applies to all our everyday life. Then how to close background apps on your iPhone. More here for background app refresh. More here. Thank you, Kyle. Welcome, because sometimes you do need to force close apps still, especially if it's crashed, for example. Yeah. So So, I threw that in as an item in that item number 33 Yeah, so that's where you would force. So if Josh is in a bad mood, we'd say, Josh, leave the room, come back when you're prepared to be nice. That's what you would, I don't mean you, but you know what I mean. But (laughs) But I'm not coming back. Yeah, so (laughs) if the app won't move anymore, you can't tap anywhere, and you're going, you don't need to restart your phone. You just force close that one app. And that's the one use case where you still need to do that. Yes. And so that's why we've included it yeah. in item number 33. No, that's really good. Okay, uh, Ed's up next on the phone lines. We love your calls. These are really good questions. Anything we can help with by phone, star 1070 on a mobile phone on Saturday morning when we're live, 250-386-1161 on a home phone, by text 107010. Welcome back to Tech Talk with Alan and Kyle and Josh and Ed on the phone lines. Hi, Ed. How can we help? Good morning, Judge. Hi. Uh, I, I, I have a, an iPhone 13 Pro Max. Nice. And uh, recently I, I saw a notification in Safari that said I had 192 tabs open. Yes. Now, I, I don't know if that's a problem or not, but I don't know how to close them all. Excellent question. Um, that comes back to what we were talking about with for Wendy just a few minutes ago, Kyle. The yes. amount of battery. Now, Microsoft and Apple have both come up with a technology called sleeping tabs. So let's say one of the tabs is CTV News, which is constantly updating with the latest news stories. If you didn't look at it, it would sleep in effect. It would stop looking for changes to that to that website. But it is still there, Kyle, running RAM. Definitely. So this is a good technique. Do you want to tell people how to... How yeah, to... if you want to close your tabs in Safari and you have Safari open, if you look at the bottom right, you'll see the two squares that are sort of offset from each other. If you tap and hold on it, you'll then get an option to uh, close this tab or close all, and then it'll give a number of tabs. Yeah. So, so mine says close all seven tabs. And I have a 303. <laughs> it will allow you to go up to 500, uh, I know from experience, and then it won't allow you to open any more tabs, and then you have to actually close tabs. You know that from more. experience. I know you? that from experience because I tend to just forget about tabs. Josh, like, how many on yours? Well, you? I, I had 183 until I pushed close all tabs just now. There I've you noticed go. that on Chrome, I use Chrome typically, mm-hmm. they give you a counter at the bottom until you hit 100, then it just turns into a smiley face. They, yeah. they, they, they just give up at that. That's, at that point, I, mine is always a smiley face. Yeah. So, Ed, try that. Just hold your finger on those two overlapping squares, and you'll see it the pop-up. The top one will be close all X number of tabs. Okay, so it is a good idea to close them. Period. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, on computers now, they have a setting that will offer you, doesn't matter whether it's Mac or Windows, to say, would you like me to close these tabs after one hour, one day, one week? Now, if you're going, wait a minute, I keep those tabs open because I want to go back to used Victoria from three weeks ago, it's in your history. So, yeah, that'll make a dramatic uh, performance boost, Ed. 
Thank you. All right. Thank you. Really good question. Thank you. That was a good one. Uh, I want to try one homework video here, uh, Josh. Uh, yeah. This, this, we're gonna, this will be Name That Tune. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that one's fun. That one's fun. See if you can name this tune. Well, when I'm ready. Soon. Okay. It's got a... You're hearing the song being performed from stacks of old hard drives, floppy disk readers, and scanners. This is very cool. It's called the Flopotron 3.0. This is Pavel <laughs> Zadrozniak. Mm-hmm. He's made a career out of doing this. You have to see the video that goes with it. Oh, it's fantastic. It's amazing. Okay, but do you know the tune? Oh, yeah, I know the tune because I know all songs, but... Uh, in... <laughs> Crank her up. Hmm? Crank her up. You have to see the video to see how these sounds are being created. We're talking literally hundreds and hundreds of stacks of hard drives, floppy disk readers, and scanners. That, of course, is Walk of Life, originally done by Mark Knopfler and Dire Straits. That is so cool. Just to figure out what makes the sound and then to figure out how to program it and then write a computer. And in the video, you'll see the computer program rolling by with all the code. Like, it's crazy. They, they got a, a whole wall yeah. of uh, little uh, hard disk, uh, hop, hard floppy disk drives yeah. just stacked next and on top of each other. And they used a little green light on each one of them, combined them all together to turn it to a massive VU meter. You know, yeah. when you see the bars yeah. bounce for your audio, they're using a bunch of those <laughs> solely for the light. There you go. Thank Very you, cool. I, I thought that is really cool. You will find that. Uh, video number 45 in the show notes. If you just want to go to YouTube and watch it, just type in Floppotron Walk of Life. I love that. Okay, uh, more questions here for you. Um, on iPad Pro, on iPad Pro, third gen, Texter writes, should the battery be on or off low power mode? So low power mode means if you're running low on power on your battery, you're down to like 20%. Uh, and but you still need to be able to get and receive texts and phone calls, but you want to preserve that battery because it's going to be another hour before you can get to a charger. Low power mode turns off a bunch of functions that suck power. Yes, and you can also choose to manually turn it on at a different time. I'm at 83% right now, but I have it on. Okay, mm-hmm. it, because you're in the studio here. Yes, well, exactly. I was going to ask you, but this is fantastic <laughs> questions, uh, low power mode, because mm-hmm. I tend to use it. Um, I have automations, actually, whenever I open uh, specifically resource-heavy apps that yes. it just turns on low power mode for me automatically. Yes. Now, I'm curious, why should I not ever use low power mode? Shouldn't I just keep it on all the time and save the battery as best I can? So, that means you will not get any emails. Really? Okay. Yes. Mail fetch is done automatically. Every 10 seconds, you're, depending on your account, which whether you're at Outlook, at iCloud, at Shaw, whatever, your, your mail app is checking for new messages. So if you turn on low power mode, it's mm-hmm. not going to check for new messages until you go to the mail app and pull down on the list of emails. Oh, that's, that's just frustrating. One, that's one little example. And, and uh, there's no way to undo that. I've what I've noticed. No, for, that's what low power mode does. Sorry, but you can't go into the settings. And says no, I'll fetch it anyway. No, no, okay. What I've discovered though is that the Gmail app will just do it anyway, 
And even in low power mode, I'll still get notifications from it. And I, if you have a VIP in the mail app, like yes. the iOS mail app, it will still fetch you and alert you on them. Yes, it will do that. But yeah, again, so that's why it's a general statement. Yeah. Um, it also means no download. So if you have it set to automatically download the latest episode of the Tech Talk podcast when it becomes available, sure. then it wouldn't do that. Yeah, it no. won't. It won't do that. So the, there's a long list of things that get put on hold in effect. This answers the um, why am I not getting my emails in real time question that I've had for the last few months now. Yes. Thank you. So that's a, that's Let me a, turn off low power yeah. mode. And in fact, if you go to, on an iPhone, and Android phones have it, and I'm sorry I can't tell you where because it's in one of nine different places, depending on which version. The new stats came out last night that the current latest version of the Android operating system that came out four months ago mm -hmm. is now on 5.2% of Android phones. That's it? Yeah. That's <laughs> wow. It. Yeah. That's wild. Because the updates for Android are not something you and I do. They're not something that the phone company does. They're done by the manufacturer who has busy selling new phones. Sure. On some cases. In some cases, it's up to the carrier to do it. Mm -hmm. Not you and me. So that's that problem. Anyway, if you actually go on an iPhone to settings, battery, and where the low power mode is, I just realized they've added text now that says low power mode temporarily reduces background activity like downloads and mail fetch until you can fully charge your iPhone. It can substantially extend your battery life. So if you are going out for the day and you are not taking a battery with you, you don't plan on being near a charger and you're worried that your phone is going to run out going on a hike or something... As long as you don't need a, an all-trails app that's going to show you where the fork in the trail is, because that's not going to work when you put it on low-power mode, yeah, you could go on low-power mode so you can still make and receive phone calls and, and texts, and text, but, sort of thing. but you won't get the email telling you get back to the office. <laughs> well, it might be a good thing. So there you go. That, that's a very, very good question. Quick break, and we're back with more. Seek and ye shall find. So I went, look, we were just talking during the break. What exactly, what's the full list of things that are affected by low power mode on here? So I will put this into the show notes during the news break coming up but here. But Apple has a support page that says specifically, low power mode reduces or affects these features. 5G, except for video streaming on iPhone 12 models. Auto lock, which now defaults to 30 seconds. Display brightness. Display refresh rate is limited to a 60 hertz. Some visual effects. iCloud Photos is temporarily paused. Automatic downloads, email fetch, and here's the big one, background app refresh. So That is a big one. So if you are going to be moving around and you're going to, if you're ordering an Uber, you're not going to find out that your Uber is arriving. If you're taking a plane flight, you're not going to find out that your flight has been delayed. Unless your carrier texts you, because sometimes you can yes. set them up to do that. Yeah. Uh, if you, but if you have background app refresh on, unless they specifically send you a text, you will not get yes. the notification. You will not find out that the ferry has been canceled because of the wind. So really great feature, use sparingly. I will put the link to that into the show notes there. Okay. In our second hour, we've got a couple good questions here coming in by email. We're going to do some homework on here. We'll update you on the latest. There's several new developments on the ongoing saga of Rogers buying Shaw here. Also wanted to mention the other thing that we were talking about before the break there. Apple has released new MacBook Pro laptops. 
They come in 14 and 16 inch screen sizes and powered by your choice of M2 Pro or M2 Max processors, and they come with mortgage specialist. No, I'll explain. <laughs> These new models offer a huge leap in performance over even current MacBook Pro models. Some functions are up to 12 times faster. Which is just crazy. Yeah. And they give you specific examples of the kind of things you might do in photo, video, processing. Like, f people that are working on YouTube, this is a huge boon here because you can literally render uh, an hour-long 4K YouTube video that was going to take two hours to render, and it'll now be done in 20 minutes. So, phenomenal. Faster game. than real time. That's impressive. Yeah. Now, they'll be available next week. They start at, sitting down, $2,599 for the 14-inch M2 Pro models, Thirty-one ninety-nine. If you want the sixteen-inch model, if you want the M2 Max chip, they start at four thousand and ninety-nine, and forty-four ninety-nine for the sixteen-inch. They're getting more and more expensive <laughs> as time goes on. But if you consider productivity, Josh, that's mm -hmm. you know that's a that's an investment. Uh, true. I mean, if you need your MacBook Pro for your job and your yep. livelihood, then you know. It probably makes a whole lot of sense. I, I know a couple people that shoot photos for real estate, mm -hmm. and they go through and do the th the 3D tour of the house or the condo, and yeah. then the 87 photos, they'll be off to lunch. Sure, yeah. They will not have to sit there. and You can sell twice as many homes. There you go. <laughs> and the other one, Apple has launched a new HomePod, which it says has improved audio and better Siri integration. It will be available for $399 Canadian starting February 3rd. And I put a link into the reviews as well because it says the early reviews are giving it high praise. Uh, solved by ignorance, Alan. What is a HomePod? Is that like Miss A or the Echo Dot or something yeah, like that? It's on steroids. So oh, okay. it's the size of a giant can of soup as opposed, you know, the family size, the big one, the one that's a couple liters. Yeah, the extra size. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, and so that's it. Yeah, and it, so it has Siri integration, but it only did some of the things, so people got frustrated. It's one of the reasons they discontinued it, because you couldn't ask it all the things that you could ask your iPhone or your iPad. So that's one of the things they've integrated into it. But the sound quality is phenomenal. Like okay. you can fill a large cool. room with this one little device. Wow. And if you want to spend the money, yes, you can get two and put them at the opposite ends of the walls and get phenomenal stereo. The same way you can with the iPod mini. If you are interested in one of those, again, February 3rd, the links to the item and the reviews itself are all item 17 on the Tech Talk show notes. Hour number two coming up, and one of the things we'll cover is an awesome way to take screenshots and then have the gross little lines and circles you draw turn into something that looks very pretty. That's in the show notes as well when we come back. Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. This is the second half of our Chinese Lunar New Year edition. So, Gong Hei Fa Choi, January 21st, Saturday, we are live on the Chinese New Year. Sunday, the 22nd, we are a rebroadcast in the afternoon. And then if you missed the first half, I think there's a lot of useful information there for you. Josh will have a podcast for you available by about 12.30-ish on Saturday. If you are subscribed, it will pop up on your device on any 
podcast app on anything. Josh is none other than... Uh, Josh. I, I am Josh. And I am not Brian. No, I'm Josh Hilden. I, uh, I'm a producer during the week, and uh, I'd love to sit in for Brian when uh, on the weekends on Tech Talk when he's uh, otherwise unavailable, like when they're having babies. Yes. Baby has been had. We don't mm-hmm. have a name yet. Uh, that will hopefully come when Brian returns next weekend. And also with us... Kyle Wilson. Kyle is a Callwood-based IT specialist. He's also many other hats. He's a tech writer for many publications, including Business Insider. He's added a couple of his useful notes there that from our first hour, how to close background apps and the understanding of background app refresh. I've also added in what low power mode is on an iPhone and iPad. Those are all at item number 33. We've got lots of other stuff coming up, including the latest on the Shaw Rogers answers to your questions. But right now, Lini's on the phone line. Hi, Lini. Good morning. How are you guys? Excellent. How can we help you? Okay, so we just had Telus come to our home this morning and swap out, upgrade, I should say, our three uh, Telus boxes to 4K. Oh, the nice what? little 4K boxes. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So this, what I'm looking at, what I'd like to be able to access some YouTube videos. Yes. Um, on my 10 year old television. That's exactly why you got those 4K boxes, because right. YouTube, Netflix, Amazon Prime, they're all built right into the remote. Perfect. Yep. So all you do is you press the apps button on your remote. Look for the, it's a little tiny button. It's like a vision test. I get it. It's not. Got it. I got it. Okay. And then you should see YouTube there. Oh, my God. That easy. Now, now there's one other way that I did not know. Yep, I, right I looked there. up That's the answer to make sure I wasn't steering you in the wrong collection. You could have also gone to the guide, like a TV channel, and gone yep. to channel 322. 322. Thank yep. you so very much. Now, when you go there, mm-hmm. if you have a YouTube account, you'll have to sign in. And then if you sign in with the same account as you have on your tablet or smartphone, then you can also send stuff directly from your phone to the TV without having to go through and search for it. I'm so sorry. Would you say that one more time? So if you check, if you have a phone or tablet, if you have YouTube on there, if it's signed into an account... Yes. You want to sign into the same account on the YouTube app that you just opened right, on your right. TV. And right. then when you're on your mobile device or computer, there is an icon called Cast, Kyle. Yep, it's called Cast. It's and it looks a like square with a little like Wi-Fi looking symbol in the bottom left. You tap on it and then it would give you yep, the, the choice ability, to the choice and, to, and it would send it right to your TV. Wow, and that's C-A-S-T or K-A-S-T? Yeah. C-A-S-T, as in the short, the short for broadcast. Broadcast, yeah, okay. Like and it, again, okay. it looks like a computer monitor with three little Wi-Fi curved rings in the bottom left. Gotcha. There you go. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Have a terrific weekend and happy Lunar New Year if anyone's celebrating. Thank you, you Thanks, too. Honey. There you go. Okay, oh, yes. I turn my microphone on and you can Much hear me. Uh, as I recall, when, when you're casting like from your iPhone to your TV, both mm-hmm. your iPhone and your TV have to be on the same Wi-Fi network. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah if point. you're like if you're on the 5G but your TV's not, it's probably going to have a bit of an issue. If you're yes. on a VPN or something on your phone, it's also going to have an issue. Yes. There you go. Okay. Uh, one other one uh, wanted to do here, just because we'll get busy and I will forget. This is another homework video for before we go any further. Hmm. And this is Times Square. Did you know, I did not, that the confetti which cascades down over New York's Times Square each New Year's is all thrown out over the crowds by hand? Really? When you see how much comes out, you figure it had to be machines. No, it's by hand. Video number 41 
is a fascinating behind-the-scenes look at how a quiet, unassuming man named Treb Heining has, since 1992, been leading a team of volunteers that hand-throw all the confetti each New Year's. I didn't tell anybody for the first 12 years that we were doing it by hand. Well, we have some machines and we do this and we do that, you know. I didn't want to say. I kept it a secret. And it wasn't until I did an interview in 2004, uh, Brooks Barnes did a great piece and we were having uh, dinner together and somehow it slipped out. I said, well, you know, we do it by hand. And Brooks looked at me <laughs> and he put his pencil down and he said, Trip. He said, this is going to be a front page story on the Wall Street Journal. I said, really? He said, yes. He said, it's amazing. And so word got out then that, that we did it by hand. I know that the effect could not be done on the level that it is with the confetti machines that are out there. That instantaneous, that much confetti. You got to go watch the video. It's, it's a really nice guy. I really, I, it's, uh, things I love about YouTube, it just reminded me when we were at Leone, he was asking about that. Um, YouTube is so great for finding things that would never otherwise enter my life. But it was fascinating. There's this team of volunteers and they get together and they've, they're limited to 80 people and they've contracted with the buildings to give them access mm -hmm. and they take the boxes up there and put them in place and then they all have little walkie-talkies and then he does the command and they throw <laughs> this stuff out it's all it's, it's all absolutely amazing biodegradable flame retardant paper flame retardant that's good and this past year it's not in the video but in this past year you could also get rid of bad things in your life they had collection boxes where you could take a piece of paper take a felt pen and write the things you wanted to get rid of on it. Oh, yeah, okay. And that went into the boxes of paper that they... But they have to get, get them up to those buildings. Mm -hmm. They have to get the people up to those buildings so they have a little rally before it. Really fascinating stuff. I love I love videos. Documentaries like on YouTube are awesome. Yeah, thank you to Martin for sending me that one that I would not have otherwise found it. Okay, a couple other things here I wanted to go over because we will uh, get busy with doing other stuff, helping you. If you take a screenshot on an iPhone or an iPad, which I'm regularly doing to send to people on how to do things, mm -hmm. and where is this button that I'm talking about, and you then tap on the thumbnail that appears in the bottom right, you can use the drawing tools to draw circles, arrows, and the like, but I can't draw a circle for the life of me. So it looks really crude. However... I love this little trip. If you keep your finger on the circle or arrow once you've drawn it, it will magically transform into a professional-looking shape. So I put two pictures from last night that I did on my uh, screenshots into item number 19 in the show notes. On the left is my very crude circle and arrow, and on the right is the one that it snaps to. It's pretty impressive. I just did it now on mine. That's amazing. Yeah, so if you're trying to show people that. I drew a square. Guess what it did? What? It made a square. Oh, okay. I drew a triangle. Guess what it did? It, it made a triangle. What? Can it works. Can you do an octagon? I'm going to try. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That would be like a stop sign? No, it made a circle. Oh, okay. There you go. We'll do an oval. Mm -hmm. If you do an elongated one. So anyway, I put, cool. the, yeah, I put the link in there. Uh, item number 19 in the show notes. Now... The reason that I wanted to do this was for Ellie. So Ellie called me in a panic saying, all the emails have disappeared on my iPhone. They're all there on my computer. They've all gone on my iPhone. And I said, I think I know what this is. And I said, you may have accidentally tapped on the button at the lower left, which shows you only emails which you've not yet read. It's a little circle with three 
line, horizontal lines of varying length. You'll be able to tell if you've done this, which she had, because the button will be blue and the words filtered by unread will be visible to the right, but they're tiny. You just tap that button, it turns off, and all your emails are there. So Ellie said, you should tell everyone about this. <laughs> then they won't panic like me. And so I said, okay. So when I went to do that, I thought, oh, I'm gonna, I should draw a circle around. Oh, I'm going to be crappy. And so I used that new technique that we just talked about. You will see my nice red circle and yellow oval and there. So, yay. It even gave you a shiny arrow. Yes. The point, I guess, that you drew with yeah. and it gave you a better yeah. arrow. So that's nice. Very impressed with that one there. One other advance in technology, uh, and this highly recommend this, IMAX Victoria is now showing ancient caves. Really amazing. I mean, I'm never going to go caving uh, underwater. Definitely not going down to 500 feet in some of these amazing places around the world. So they did a special preview for IMAX pass holders. Hi to those of you that we met there. And afterwards, director and cinematographer Jonathan Bird took part in a live Q&A with the audience via Google Meet. And you could actually hear the murmurs, uh, Josh and Kyle, in the audience when they first fired it up and he started speaking because the words he was saying magically appeared in real time across the bottom of the screen. It's auto-captioning. Very it's, cool. It's not a new thing. Zoom, Skype, Google Meet all have a switch. So if somebody is hard of hearing, then they can see the words. But I just, it was really impressive of how far it's come. Hmm. And so I took, I pulled up my iPhone and took a picture. And he was answering a question about how do you know which, when you have the little cables going through the cave underwater to tell you how to get back out, how do you know when there's a branch? And he's talking about the little triangles with arrows that you snap onto the cable. So even if your lights go out, you could still feel your way out. But you'll see the picture of him describing the little triangles, and you'll see the words that he's saying in real time underneath. I just thought that was really cool. You won't get to see that if you go and see the movie, but I highly recommend going and see Ancient Caves at, at the IMAX. They are going to have, by the way, the IMAX uh, festival, where they bring in a whole ton of movies. Over oh, cool. a period of two to three weeks, mm -hmm. they're moving it. It would normally be held shortly. They're moving it to spring break. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Katie says it is coming. So there you go. Okay, one that one that Kyle found when we came back. If you are dyslexic, and especially if you are run a business, work for a business that involves sending emails. Guess what? There's now an AI system that will allow you to send perfectly composed emails no matter how bad your dyslexia. We'll talk about that when we continue. 18 after the hour on Tech Talk as we continue for the Chinese Lunar New Year weekend. Here's a text here. Probably silly question. Do you actively have to back up photos, contacts, etc. from iPhone and iPad and Mac to iCloud? Or is it automatic once it's switched on in each, each device? Yes, but it, it is automatic, but it only happens when your device is connected to power and locked. So if at night or whatever your schedule is, when you plug it in and hit the little button on the side so it goes black, that's when it does the backup. Oh, that's good to know, definitely. Yeah, because it does not want to drain your battery. Yeah, that makes sense. And somebody else, we were talking earlier about low power mode somebody who texted in to say PS re low power mode I use it all the time however remember to turn low power off when doing an iCloud backup at night or it will fail yes because that's one of the functions mm -hmm. that low power disables a good tip definitely you've got an email there 
Yes, I do. Excuse me, sorry. So basically, they were asking if uh, we've heard any details on Shaw Blue Curve TV and if it will transfer across to Rogers. Yes, so Rogers and Shaw both use the same technology, which comes from Comcast in the U.S. Mm-hmm. They call it Xfinity down there. Yeah. So, yes, the technology is the same. That will move seamlessly over, and then presuming there, this deal goes through. Uh, Bruce's second question also was whether or not any two particular uh, two-year contracts in place... Oh, I, I'm sorry. Is it better to have any two or particular two-year contracts in place prior to the move to Rogers? Yes, very much so, because that's one of the questions that is outstanding as part of all this. Uh, how much price protection will Rogers give before they raise the rates? You know, three months, six months, nine months, one year, two years? Because that's why Rogers is buying Shaw. They want the lower-priced Shaw out of the market. So if you are in a two-year value plan, they inherit that, and cannot change it until that time is up. At the end, when it's up, then you can decide what you want to do. I'm sure that Telus and Bell will offer competitive deals right away once the deals go through to get people try and switch. Definitely. So, yeah, so please, if, you're, if you have less than a year left on your current value plan, recommend you go in and see them at Shaw, at Mayfair, or Uptown, and get a new one so you are protected. Exactly, because then Rogers is obligated to abide by it. By law. Yes. Yes. Now, the Federal Court of Appeal will hear an application by Canada's Competition Commissioner to block the proposed $28 billion buyout of Shaw by Rogers this coming Tuesday, the 24th. Rogers and Shaw have filed paperwork urging the court to dismiss the appeal, claiming the commissioner's arguments are flawed. So that's a big deal coming up on the 24th. No word on how quickly a decision will be rendered likely fairly quickly because of the amount of money and jobs at stake. Perhaps sensing the appeal is likely to be dismissed, competitor Global Live has created a website, nomerger.ca, to get people who are opposed to the buyout to lobby the industry minister to not approve the deal. Industry Minister Champagne has the final say. You may recognize the name Global Live, or you may remember their founder, Anthony Lacavera. He's the person who created Windmobile, which Shaw bought and rebranded as Freedom. And, of course, Global Live tried to buy Freedom from Shaw Rogers, but was rebuffed. Freedom is instead, as part of the deal, to be sold to Videotron. So that's where we sit there. Here's what probably matters the most to you. Shaw Mobile customers, if the Rogers buyout is approved, will become Rogers Mobile customers and will be switched onto the Rogers 5G, 4G network, which is faster and, and has much better coverage. So that's a, that's a positive move, Kyle. Definitely. Now, if you're a Freedom Mobile customer, you will become, as part of this deal, customers of Fizz, which is the brand name of Videotron, based in Quebec, which will also be shifted onto the faster and more robust Rogers 5G, 4G network for up to 10 years to give Videotron time to build its own national 5G network. Yeah, definitely. It takes a lot of time to get those up and running. So, a plus-plus, but there's a catch. Videotron gets access to Rogers 5G, 4G network for the duration of time to build out at a very good rate much less than the standard wholesale rate. So Tech Savvy, which is a back east-based third-party reseller, they are now filing complaint with the CRTC saying, Videotron's getting a better wholesale rate than we can buy. That's not 
allowed under the Telecommunications Act. You should block the deal based on that. So the politics continues behind the scenes. So stay tuned. The next big deal, Josh, is this coming Tuesday when the appeal goes before the Federal Court of Appeal. There is currently an emergency stay in place blocking the deal. This hearing is to decide whether that should be lifted or if the stay should be replaced with an injunction pending a full-blown appeal in the months ahead. I'm not an expert on this. I don't have privy to the backroom stuff. My guess is they will lift the stay and say the deal can proceed, and it goes to Minister Champagne for his approval. And they've done all the things that he said they had to do, so I'm guessing this will go ahead in short order. And then a whole bunch of things will flow out of that Rogers will tell us what things change, what things don't change, all that stuff. So there you go. Links to all the things we've been talking about, including that nomerger.ca if you're opposed. Items number 10, 11, 12, and 13 in the show notes. Back to the phone lines, and Marty's been waiting. Hi, Marty. Welcome to Tech Talk. Good morning. Hi. How can we help? Uh, I've got a, I just bought a printer. It's a Canon TS3420. Uh, and I've tried everything to actually get it to print uh, using various, uh, an iPad, iPhone, Android tablet, Android phone, and also a Windows-based computer. Yeah, now the trick with the 3420 and the other 3400 series of Canon printers, Kyle, is that they don't have the full buttons on the printer to put in Wi-Fi names and passwords, so you mm-hmm. have to use the software or the app to connect it to Wi-Fi. And the most common problem people run into is which network? They're not on the right Wi-Fi network. So you need to make sure that your devices, whether they're the computer or the tablet, uh, Marty, you need to make sure they're not on a 5G Wi-Fi. And this 5G is different from 5G cellular. Why we picked the same letters, I have no idea. So you are you on TELUS or Shaw? Okay, so on TELUS, your your Wi-Fi box transmits 2.4G and 5G. You need to make sure that your devices are on 2.4G if you want to print wirelessly. Okay, so so you would check your internet? Yeah, just look on your iPad. Just go to Settings, Wi-Fi. Right. And see the name of your Wi-Fi. And make sure it doesn't have a hyphen 5G on the end. I don't think it does. Good. But, That's uh, the most common one. Yeah. It's been, like I said, all the, all the uh, formats we've tried to use, including a Windows-based computer. Yeah. If you um, want, if you want to hold on the line, um, Josh will grab your number, and I'll give you a call, and I'll be glad to stop by no charge, because these things prompt people, Josh, to throw them across the room. Oh, yeah. Uh, In order to make the printers very affordable, they've taken away buttons that would make it so much easier. Because the thinking is, once you get it connected, eh, that's it. You're good. Don't have to touch it again. Yeah, so they don't want to charge the price of the printer by $20 or $30 more to include dinky little buttons you're never likely going to use unless you change your Wi-Fi. For sure. When they already have a computer with a load of buttons already on it, just use those. Yeah, but yeah. it's not that simple. Yeah, no, so it's not. it's not you, Marty. It, uh, yeah. So the reason I the reason I particularly like to do it, uh, Kyle, and I imagine you do too. I like to see what's changed 
because this stuff does changes. And I go, Definitely oh, technology well, I was going to do it this way, but no, that doesn't work anymore. So they use an app now, but it is really frustrating. Um, it can, yeah, so no Definitely. problem. It's good to stay up to date. Yeah, uh, from so then, the, then I can. So next weekend, I can tell you what the solution is that we that we did with Marty. Exactly. So we would be glad to do one there. Okay. Da, 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 da. Now here's a similar one. My HP LaserJet P1102W printer refuses to connect via wireless or USB. Ever since I made changes to my Shaw Gateway, new drivers and HP Scan Driver haven't fixed suggestions. Hmm. That's unusual that it wouldn't work via USB. It should. USB that, just. Should by default work. That's yeah, that's odd. native. And the drivers are already built in. And the LaserJet P1102W is a very common printer. Okay, I will send you a text back, and we will arrange to sort that one out as well. Uh, this is from Kazee, K-Z-E-E. That's a cool name. I have an iMac 27-inch 2012. Sometime middle of watching things, the whole power goes away. I have to unplug and plug again to start again. Any idea what's wrong with it? So power 2012. Supply? So it's 11 years old. It, yeah, it could be the power supply. It could be that it's got enough dust in it that it's overheating. Oh, yeah, and it's the uh, thermal shutting the itself thermal down. switch. It's also possible that the hard drive is, is, is failing. Yep. Yeah. I would get... I would. I know they're big and bulky. I would get that one into a shop rather than paying for somebody to come to your house to to diagnose that one. At the very least, they'll end up putting in an SSD in for you. Eleven years. Not even sure that it's worth. That's no, really it might pushing need the to envelope. be replaced. Unfortunately, yeah. hope that. But those are the three big things: power supply, overheating from dust, or failing hard drive. Back with more. Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. As we continue on our final half hour for our Chinese Lunar New Year edition, one other homework video that works on radio, but you really, really, really need to see it. It's actually a two-hour-long video, video number 42. You want to fire this up? Ooh, I love that sound. That's cool. It's a digital rainbow pendulum where musical balls bounce back and forth in a semicircle. But because each row is a different length, the musical notes start off synchronized. But as you can hear, they quickly they fall get out, out of, of sync. sync. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful pattern. That is, it's mesmerizing to watch. But it's mathematical. Mm-hmm. So they will make a variety of different musical and visual patterns before they all briefly end up synchronized again every seven minutes. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, you can just leave this. It's it's done by Project JDM. They produce a myriad of the of different variations on this, all running off simple mathematics. Yeah, you can hear it. You have to see the visualization, and you'll understand instantly what's going on. But uh, one, um, so it was Eric that sent this to me, and he said that they leave this on for their for their very young granddaughter, and it puts her to sleep. In no time. I kind of want to zip ahead to yeah. peak chaos. Okay, so Here, zip here's a, a six minutes, 35 seconds. Okay. And so you can start to see the patterns reforming, but mm-hmm. yeah. So just, just listen to it as it comes up to the synchronization point and hear how briefly it doesn't get synced. 
It's in stereo too, by the way. If you listen to this on stereo on our podcast or on uh, the on YouTube, here it comes. The dots are synchronizing. Getting very close now. Here it comes. Almost there. One more. Last one, and here they go. And then immediately start getting back out of... Very cool. (laughs) There you go. Again, search for that on YouTube. Watch this rainbow pendulum wave. And it says in brackets, use headphones, so... That's that fantastic. Cool? Oh, and it sounds great in headphones. Yeah, in stereo, yeah, especially. So, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, thank you, for everybody, for finding those. Other things that won't work on the radio here that are in there, um, the Atlas Robot from Boston Dynamics mm-hmm. demonstrates a new skill, fetching a bag of tools, creating a way to get into position to toss the bag up to a worker on scaffolding above. All done autonomously, not without remote control. Also, the movie's insider team shows how car movie chases have evolved dramatically over the last 100 years. Some really neat things that I didn't know when I've watched them, how they make those work. And the other one that is really cool, Latte, the daughter of a French artist and filmmaker, Franz Hofmeister. Watch her transform from a newborn to a 20-year-old in five minutes. Dad took a portrait of his daughter once a week, every week for 20 years, using the same baby blanket. As background, it's really cool. I mean, that just is. just the forethought, Josh. Oh wow, that's great! And it's amazing. <laughs> watching this thing fly by, there's a little baby just smiling, different clothes, different states of spitting up. <laughs> yeah, but but over five minutes, oh, she's going to become twenty. Yeah. So Brian, if you're if you're listening before you come back, maybe start taking a picture every day or every week, things like that. It's really cool to see the facial as she takes on the personality that makes her now 22-year-old Lottie. He'll, he's still doing this once a week, um, but this goes from, from zero to age 20. Fascinating video. It's really... Very impressive. Yeah. And then the one that you have put into the show notes, Josh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's why your city is horrible at snow removal. Which city? Uh, yeah, you, you name it. It's horrible at snow removal. The science as to why. Yeah, the science as to why, the limitations that municipalities have. If you can only go so fast, you can only dig so far. And the only... weather conditions change. Indeed, yeah. You got three inches of snow. Well, that just got compounded by like tenfold. So, so item number 46 is Sam from Wendover Productions through his alternate channel. Half is interesting, explaining why your city, whichever city, is horrible at snow removal. Thank you, Josh. Hey, you're welcome. Okay, uh, let's see. A couple other things that we need to do uh, here. This is a couple uh, AI things in here. Um, a dyslexic contractor can now send perfectly composed emails to his clients thanks to an AI app which a friend created, Kyle, in just 15 minutes. Yeah, it's amazing. The app creator, uh, Danny Richmond, says that the people at OpenAI have offered to pay him to create a free app to uh, to use by anyone else who has speech and language difficulties. Yeah, so let me read you Because he has very dyslexic, and this should not be a limitation. This is where technology can have a profound impact. So the email, so he's a landscaper. So he wrote, Joe will get, quote, to use next Friday, Ben. Okay? And tap the button, 
and here's what the AI app sends to the client. Subject, quote to be sent next Friday. Dear Joe, I hope you are doing well. I will be sending you a quote next Friday. Please let me know if you have any questions or require any additional information. I look forward to hearing from you. Kind regards, Ben. Amazing. Ah, that's useful. That's, that, that's phenomenally useful. useful. I, I have media contacts that should uh, learn about this. <coughs> Cryptic emails. Yeah, so... <laughs> Richmond, the fellow that created this little AI app, says he could be writing in Swahili or Cockney rhyming slang. It would make very little difference what format you sent to it because it's been instructed to output in British, English, spelling, and grammar in a professional but friendly format. That's very huh. cool. I thought that is so That is so cool. Yeah. I thought... I, I just thought that, that's such a brilliant use of technology. So check that one out in, in the show notes. So you'll see the, the story and the text and the tweet that made it go viral, item number 24. And now what's the really cool part, as Kyle said, on hearing about this, the people mm-hmm. at OpenAI said, can we pay you to create a free app? So anybody else listening who has this same, maybe not that same d- degree of dyslexia, mm-hmm. they can do this? And he went, Okay. Hmm. So, in very short order, if it took him 15 minutes to create this, yeah, exactly. it's probably not going to take him six months to create an app, and it's going to be it's going to be free. Yeah, which is the best part. And it's also, but 15 minutes, that's very impressive. Because OpenAI, and that's why we talk about it so much on the show, Josh, because mm-hmm. this, this chat GPT and these other AIs, they are dramatically starting to change the way we do things. In positive and in negative ways. Speaking of negative ways, Mm -hmm. item number 32 in the Mm -hmm. show notes, CNET has issued a detailed correction after its article writing AI system that we mentioned last week made several gross factual errors in a story while attempting to explain compound interest. Oh. (laughs) So AI is as good as what you program it to. Sure. So the article... um, erroneously claimed that if you deposit $10,000 into a savings account that earns 3% interest compounding annually, you'll earn $10,300 at the end of the first year. (laughs) No, in reality, you'd earn just $300 on top of your $10,000 principal. It also went on to make errors when it comes to how loans and CDs work, too, not CDs, discs. Certificates of deposit. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yep. So, a spokesperson for CNET says, We are actively reviewing our AI-assisted pieces to make sure no further inaccuracies made it through the editing process as human makes mistakes, too. So, it was reviewed by an editor, but it was so well written, Mm -hmm. the editor didn't catch the errors. Because the math was right. It was just how they described that $10,300 sum. So the, the math was right. It was just yeah. that's not what you earned. That's no, now you're, you're, you're total now. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, there you go. So this is going to be an ongoing thing. You're going to be hearing about it a lot. So we don't want to say no AI because it makes stupid mistakes. It's just got to be fine tuned. And it's learning all the time, so it would improve yeah. on past yeah. mistakes too if told about them. Here we go. A couple people on the phone. More texts and emails when we continue after this. As we roll on on Tech Talk for our Chinese Lunar New Year edition, next Saturday, David Jones from your tech solutions out in Sydney will come in and join me and help answer your questions here. Okay, really good text here from Bruce. I have an older home with Wi-Fi interference due to wire mesh in some walls between addition and the rest of house. Yes, you will remember that principle from high school. Josh, it's called the... 
the Faraday cage. No reference to Al Faraby. Faraday. Uh, no, uh, Faraday, yes. Yes, Faraday cage. Coaxial provides better solution, he texts. I have Shaw XB7 modem and pods, but still Wi-Fi challenges. Does Shaw Blue Curve TV support coaxial, and if so, is it as good as Wi-Fi interface? No, we are moving away from that big white coaxial cable that screws into the TV boxes. All the current systems being used by the providers, gone. It's all done via Wi-Fi. So you've got a real challenge there. Definitely. Um, Because the XB7 is the most powerful modem that Shaw provides, and their pods extend the Wi-Fi to the areas where the signal won't reach, but Faraday cages, if you remember high school physics, it's a very powerful principle. And I've had a couple clients that have actually had contractors come in because they're going to live there for the foreseeable future. They've had them come in and take out the wall, take out the wire mesh, and redo the wall. So I don't really... that's That's a tough one. Um, yeah, the only way you'd be able to get around that is if you were able to have, if you were able to fully network your place and have uh, basically uh, access points. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to but literally that's, that wire. That gets to more uh, higher. Yeah. Level, I don't know which would be more expensive. Stuff. Yeah, um, that's that's a good one because you can get an access point for about probably three four hundred. Yeah, yeah. So what you do, you'd get an electrician to come in and run cables from your XB seven to the rooms where you want um, the, the Wi-Fi to appear, and then that would go into a, a little Wi-Fi rebroadcast unit. Yes, exactly. Uh, Ubiquity is a well-known one for that. Yeah, yep. so it is it is doable, but that's you're, you're getting on to fairly advanced stuff there. You're starting to get into like prosumer enterprise level stuff that you have to start doing in that scenario. Yeah, I would check with... Um, I would check with folks at London Drugs and see who in town they would refer you to to be able to do that. That's 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 really tricky. Yeah, it, it's doable, and it's probably going to cost you all in a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, somewhere around to do that it, probably. But that's cheaper than taking out the wall, taking out the wire mesh, and redoing the wall. Yeah, I much easier think. just to put a mesh network in. Yeah, as they unless call it. you have somebody in the family who's good at doing. Exactly, it's called a mesh network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Okay, really, really good question there. Uh, a couple things in the show notes that uh, will raise your eyebrows, Kyle. Yes, the Rolling Stones have joined TikTok with a message: "Hello, TikTok, we have joined your world." Yeah. Oh, I know that I'm, sound. I'm being on brand. Keep going. Yes. Okay. And it's the Rolling Stones. <laughs> exactly. Bring it up, bring it up. In joining the platform, the group has agreed to provide TikTok users free access to all their music, full, their full music catalog for use in user posts on the platform. TikTok, the company, is celebrating the Stones joining the platform by inviting users to share their best song covers and dance moves with the hashtag, hashtag the Rolling Stones. And it's already been viewed more than half a billion times. So they're really and big. And they joined de- about three days ago. So three days already have boon. The really big deal about this is that if you are on TikTok, and we could have lots of discussions whether you should or should, should not be, you can mm-hmm. now use any Rolling Stone song as the background on uh, your video. On your video, yeah. It's, so if you want to dance amazing. along or do whatever, you can now use their stuff. No royalty issues. Huh. That's a really big deal. So uh, is the Stones just? Essentially, giving their library for use on TikTok, or they do they make a nickel on this somehow? No, 
They're just letting it because it's going to increase their brand. And again, these are short videos, right? This is not sure. a three and a half minute. Yeah, exactly. Video. They're they're up to three minutes long. Most of the TikToks are like 15, 30 seconds. Yeah. It's huh. quite impressive. And so the the Stones has joined, like, at the Rolling Stones is their username. Mick is at Mick. Or at a Jagger, sorry. Yeah. And then Keith is at Official Keith, but K-E-E-F is <laughs> the, how you spell Keith in that scenario. There we go. He's always been Keith Richards, right? Yes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, another interesting point, like... Still, TikTok, not the Stones. Yeah, is that a Forbes investigation discovered that the social that TikTok has a secret heating, and they call it heating in their internal documents, a button that can make any post instantly viral, attracting potentially millions of views. Uh, this was originally used to help train the recommendation algorithm to promote more diverse content than just lip syncing videos and dancing. But but uh, it's been used by staff to boost their own accounts and that of friends and family. <laughs> Uh, always. So it started off with the best of intentions, but it sort of went a little bit away from there. One other one that's in there, item number 31, Pizza Hut is set a new Guinness World Record for the largest pizza ever, 13,990 square feet. It covered (laughs) the floor. (laughs) It covered the floor of the Los Angeles Convention Center. How do you even cook that? Go read the story. Yeah, you'll have to. Uh, And it was all donated. (laughs) It was designed so it could all be donated to food banks. And ah, it's and one, good call. One more I wanted to throw in there before we move on is that the lights at a Massachusetts high school have been that which are completely computer controlled since 2011 have been on 24 seven since August 2021 due to a server malfunction, which has cost the county thousands of dollars per month in energy costs. You would think they would just turn off the system, but the problem is it didn't have an off switch. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it, they didn't have an off switch at all. And so the pandemic, coupled with the supply chain crunch, meant that the replacement parts to fix the system didn't arrive until this month. The new system, they're expecting to install it during spring break next yeah. month in February. And it will have and a it will remote, have a override, remote switch. override switch uh, to make sure this doesn't happen again. Technology is wonderful, but as with everything, it has its drawbacks. You need an off switch. And also, I'd also note, too, that... It, it's been online since 2011 and it worked flawlessly until 2021 based on this story. Yeah, Ten years. So that's actually impressive for yeah. 2011 technology that lasts that long. Final, seg- final yeah. segment coming up after this. Final couple minutes of Tech Talk for Chinese Lunar New Year edition. A couple texts here. Kyle, one for you here. Where to go? Okay. Hi, Tech Talk. I'm looking at buying the Apple Mac Mini with the M2 Pro chip. Is the upgrade from 16 to 32 gigabytes of unified memory worth the price? And what about increasing the SSD storage? I understand it's not expandable later, so would need to get it right at the time of ordering. I use my computer for recreational Photoshop, no longer a professional. Thanks for your advice. If you're not a professional, the $500 to go from the 16 gigabyte to 32 gigabyte might not be worth it. It depends on, again, totally your use case. For all computer upgrades, it depends on your use case. With the M2 Pro... You're probably going to be fine. It's going to be ins- way, way better than fine. The one it's going to be insane. The one upgrade that I would do is the SSD. Solid state Solid drive. state drive. Yeah. Uh, definitely increase it because you're going to want to look at, you know, like three, five years in the future maybe. Yeah. You're probably going to have filled up all that space. And so it's much easier yeah. just to have more space. You'll thank yourself later. And this is one of the ways Apple makes these devices so much faster is by taking out connections that slow down the data. It's like the off-ramp from one highway to another. 
If we can have you go directly there, the data goes faster. So the SSDs are micro-soldered right onto the processor. Yes. Which is good, except if you want to replace them. Exactly. Also, if they fail, you're screwed. Similarly, if you spill water on the keyboard, the keyboard is micro-soldered. So if you're going to buy fun. any one of these uh, new laptops, any Apple Care Plus, you need it. Please, please, please. You can now buy it by the month, Josh, so you don't have two years' worth and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. You can just keep paying per month until you okay. decide you don't want to pay. So four years from now, they'll still replace it if you do that one. That That's a really good question. From Chris, I have an iPad Air model MD79C-A. I cannot update it. It's currently running version 12.5. Please help. Yes, Chris, that's one of the original iPads from eight years ago. Yes. It is no longer updatable. We're on iOS 16. It needs to be replaced. Yes, unfortunately, need to go buy a new one. $449 for the base model iPad, which will be literally, literally as much as 20 times faster than that one. Oh, speaking of operating systems, nothing you need to do now, but heads up for next week, iOS 16.3 will be coming for iPhones and iPads in the next few days this coming week. It brings some bug fixes, important, tweaks, also some new features including support for third-party security keys. So if you don't want to have a smartphone but you need two-factor authentication, this is a physical key that you plug into the iPad or hold near the iPhone or iPad, and it will prove you are you and be that second level. There you go. Lots of other stuff. We got we got through a fair amount of stuff there. There is yeah, more we stuff did. in there that we didn't get to. Thank you for all your emails and texts. I'm going to stay behind. Twitter has abruptly cut off access to all third-party clients. Twitterific, TweetBot, and Phoenix, several emails from people saying, why is that not working? Twitter says you're not allowed to use that anymore. Those employees are out of work. Overnight, effective immediately. Thanks for not telling us you were going to do that. Yeah, some anyway. of them, I believe a TweetBot as well, they're going to uh, yeah. switch over and they're going to start with the Mastodon platform. Yeah. They're creating a new app for that one. All right, we will get out of here. Kyle, thanks for coming in from Kyle. Thank Good you for having you back. me. You can find awesome Kyle's beer. contact info, find him on social media or otherwise. I'm at KWilsonMG everywhere. And you'll find it next to his picture in the show notes. Josh, thanks for coming for Ryan the last three weeks. It's been fun. Absolute pleasure. I look forward to doing it again anytime in the future. We're going to leave you with our Flopotron doing Walk of Life by Dire Straits. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Happy Chinese Lunar New Year. Gong Hei Fa Choi. And so it goes.